Welcome to Dig It. I hope you're all having a beautiful Friday morning. I am here with my two lovely ladies, the Sharp Edge and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. How you doing, guys? Doing good. Winging it today. I'm winging it. <laughs> I think both of are winging it today. I'm getting a chest affection again, so I'm just trying to ride this out. And I'm pissed off. I'm not happy. I'm not happy pissed with the censorship. Mm-hmm. It's tough. Yeah, what's with YouTube blocking another one of your videos? Hmm. Yeah. Mm. So something Shocker. we're gonna get something we're gonna get into <laughs> today, and, and this is primarily going to be what we're focusing on: uh, bribing, incentivizing, and threatening termination of COVID vaccines. Is it legal? Uh, Fifty states uh, update on pending legislations pertaining to employee mandated vaccines. We're going to talk about some of the censorship that's going on with our channels and kind of how we're thinking about and coming up with ideas or plans for the future. And, and your recent video that they censored. And our recent video that we censored, yeah. Um, digital vaccine passports going on in California. So we're, we're mostly going to be focusing on that. But I did want to start today with this vid that we brought out because this annoyed me. I mean, we're on two strikes now on YouTube. We're pretty much gone. They've been headhunting us for a while. We've mm-hmm. tried to keep our videos and what we say, and we've tried to follow the guidelines. We have, like whatever guidelines they have. But when mm-hmm. they are completely shutting down any conversation whatsoever, because that's all the Edge and I have. We have a conversation about... Uh, what's going on, what's happening. And we have conversations about news reports that they put out. It's not that we're putting out these reports and we're telling people how to do this. We're just breaking apart the reports that they put down. So, and I know there's a lot of people out there straight away that are going, oh, why, why do you still use YouTube? Well, there's a plethora of reasons for that. One, it makes it easier on us to upload to other sites because it has an automation where if you upload there, it goes to other sites. It makes our job a little bit easier because once you start dealing with like a website, five or six different platforms, uh, Gab, multiple other social networks, it starts becoming it taking up a lot of time. And I know you would know that too, Corey. You, you, you spend a lot of time. Yep. putting. Yeah, because I, I upload this to three different ones and it is. It, it's like a two-hour, three-hour ordeal. Yeah, so it, it, it just it helps <clears throat> us. In, in, in that sort of a way. But also, the truth of the matter is, that is the biggest, the largest sharing video platform in the world. Um, yeah, it's kind of counterproductive because we do get censored a lot, especially from the majority of people that either don't follow us or don't even know we exist because we don't come up on the search results. But, you know, in the odd case that a video does get out there and stuff, it helps these other people find our videos on other platforms. It's mostly just a promotional tool that we're using at the moment to push people to alternative sites because that's where we're going to have to go. We don't really have a choice. They're cracking down on any sort of free speech or anyone that's going against the status quo. I mean, I don't consider myself one of these massive conspiracy theorists that they like to target and stuff. I think we are pretty factual, logical, and rational in the things that we discuss and what we discuss and breaking them down and breaking them apart and reading. reading <laughs> There's the no line. such thing as rational. Silly. Yeah. <laughs> Not allowed. 
crazy thing about this though (laughs) everything is irrational right now you are not allowed to be rational so the thing about this one though is this was a on freaking 60 minutes you know i mean you're talking about something that was on 60 minutes yeah yeah exactly and Uh, we got the the strike that we got was actually for misinformation against vaccines which we actually weren't even criticizing the vaccines themselves at all at all we were simply talking about this darpa microchip but um so yeah their their strike against us was not even using their own rules which are ridiculous to begin with but i thought i was very uh, clever with that title too See? Well, let's let's talk about that right now since you have it up. Yeah, this whole thing now did did anyone get to watch the full sixty minutes or or just the because uh, I just saw the clip I didn't get to see the whole thing. I didn't watch the whole thing, but they weren't talking the entire time about that particular. They were talking about all kinds of projects, and I did visit the DARPA uh, website where they have a whole page listing off their COVID nineteen. Uh, projects that they're funding and so did some research that way on uh, what they're up to and just talked about how they're using sailors to test this microchip and they say it's because of you know it's it's because there was an outbreak on ships in the early days of the uh, the pandemic and so uh, that was their justification, but it went on their website when they were talking about similar projects, they said that it was because uh, they were wanting to test how to track people without, like, in the middle of the ocean without Wi-Fi and without mm-hmm. um, cell service. And so that is the true benefit there of testing sailors. And uh, using the microchip, they're, they're doing that. They're testing the sailors. So uh, we just drew that conclusion that it was really, even though this whole 60 Minutes um, episode and subsequent articles that came out afterwards saying, we promise you it's not about tracking people. Well, come on, please. Well, and so <laughs> it's a subdermal, right? It goes in underneath their skin and it looked like a tiny little grid. Do, can we, do you have the actual um, one minute clip? I from- do. Well, we- we got, you can't we play got, it. You can't play it. We got claimed for that too. I had to re-edit the video. Oh, yes. Lord. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it's basically, it's like a subdermal. It goes underneath the skin. And then they have this little scanner thing that they show. Um, I'll, what I'll do is I'll link the 60 minutes underneath yeah, I'll here send it. so people can see it. It's just a one-minute clip. And, um, and so then they, it's it somehow what? It somehow manages to track like prior to you actually getting symptoms it can sense what's going on in your blood and then it says right it says there's a sensor there's a sensor that uh tracks certain chemical reactions in your body that will set the sensor off and they called it a check engine light so it's like (laughs) a check engine light inserted into your body and doesn't that sound great Mm -hmm. picking up everything that's going on in your body biologically don't tell right. me that's just morning, take your vitamins and then so when that goes off then the sailor is prompted to do an like a, a test mm-hmm. and then submit that test on a like a, a separate it's not like a phone it's like a device like a, a small handheld device that kind of looks like a phone but it's just like an app that's um designed specifically for submitting your test and then they get results in like three to five minutes so 
the turnaround time is really quick. It's like before they even show symptoms, they're already <laughs> confirmed to either have it or not have it. And then and they say they're in their latest, the, the latest stages of, of putting this together. And I say, uh-huh, you guys had this together probably 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the thing is that the whole fact that they're on 60 Minutes, blasting this on 60 Minutes, this uh -huh. is DARPA we're talking about. DARPA doesn't right. do that. They don't do that. They're very secretive about their projects that they don't want you to know about, but they mm -hmm. want you to know about this one. Why do they want you to know about this one? Because they're mm -hmm. in the PR phase of selling this to the public. Oh, they're yeah. ready to roll this out to the general population and they need you to like it and think right. that it's saving lives and that it's stopping the pandemic. They also need to differentiate this project from other quote conspiracy theories in the mm -hmm. past yes so, because we're all about protecting our military so of course we're going to protect you too and don't worry because that vaccine if the new variants come out and that vaccine doesn't work on them well at least you'll have this for backup protection but we just we just kind of broke down the word games that they play too i mean mm -hmm. Especially when you look at the two articles that are posted there, Pentagon develops microchip that detects COVID under your skin and fact check the, the vaccines doesn't have microchips in them. Now, how are these so different? They're not, right? They're just worded differently. And it's what they used when they put this article and they made very... <laughs> they, they did this very purposely to make sure they brought up the conspiracy theory and to try to unrationalize it. Right mm -hmm. underneath it, so like no, no, no. But now microchips are okay. At first, microchip in general was this controversial thing. No, they're not going to put microchips in you. But now they're going to put microchips in you. But it's not to track mm -hmm. you. So right. To track where, where certain part of your house. Where's that clip of Bill Gates with his smug ass face? <sighs> uh, saying, but, oh, oh, laughing about the microchips. That's not happening. Exactly right. But then, then you know we we also talk about and also go into where does it go from here because it's you know at some at some point we're gonna hit this tipping point where people out there are gonna realize the alleged conspiracy theorists seem to really be ahead of the game time after time after time well well <laughs> you know? under that 60 minutes video the majority of it was downvotes and the majority of comments were like oh look 60 minutes is sparing conspiracy theories now you're a little bit late to the game <laughs> Like there were some real funny ones. We we actually went yeah. through a couple. Right? I'm surprised that that 60 minutes didn't take the comments down completely. Right? Because I wouldn't be surprised every single one. Now. Well, it, it wouldn't be surprised if it's gone now, considering once mm -hmm. we we already got a claim for it. So obviously they're watching mm -hmm. it. Oh yes. But um, yeah, the, the the whole situation just pisses me off in general, especially trying to run a channel and trying to uh, do what we do, and bring this information out to people and it is incredibly hard like yeah, I, you know, it's incredibly difficult to do what we do and just try to speak our minds it's we're really up against a wall here but we you know we have to find new ways and especially with this hive mind channel that edge and i have like i said now we're we're pretty much they can pretty much just flag us for anything now we've already got the two strikes so i think we might use hive mind more as just a promotional tool <laughs> and put maybe different vids on there directing all you guys that do follow us and others that don't uh, to places like BitChute and Rumble and Pilled uh, and Foxhole where, and Foxhole where we can 
actually have the conversations there that we're not going to get struck down for, but have other information on HiveMind that are that can direct you to that or that is a little bit more, well, I guess, uh, undescended. Right. Right. And with our podcast, what we're doing is, so the podcast is still going on YouTube and then also on, uh, I upload it to Gab TV, Pilled.net and the Foxhole, but then we have the, the audio version that goes out to a half a dozen, you know, podcast platforms as well. So if, you know, just make sure everyone's following us on some of these, you know, other platforms so that when we do go down on YouTube, because it's pretty much inevitable. Uh, yeah, the, sadly, the, uh, the majority of our followers are on YouTube. And we really have been trying to encourage people to jump over to some alt tech platforms. Um, right. Each time we do a video, we do try to remind people to head over to those places. And uh, it is really important because um, I think that, especially with HiveMind, our days are numbered on YouTube. We'll stay around as long as we can. We may switch the mm, style up a little bit, the yeah. format up a little bit on YouTube just to be able to get around the, the censorship. But And um, to keep something there. I think it's always important to keep something somewhere, even if it's not your full catalog, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yep, yep. And and before before we go into this uh, article of yours, Corey, um, next week, I think you're going to miss it, aren't you, Edge? Yep, yep. Uh, I got some personal stuff going got on. Got some personal stuff going on. So Corey and I uh, were thinking about doing something different for that podcast next week instead of talking about news stories and stuff like that. Uh, we thought we might just get into a signal, like a single, a sort of a topic and talk about it a very different style of podcast we haven't discussed what that is yet but <laughs> if you guys want to throw down some things that you might want like to hear you know we can't talk about all of them but if we see something good we might um pick that one up and talk about it and it could be absolutely anything Corey and i are just gonna start rattling our craziness off in in, in the whole podcast about <laughs> a certain topic so that's what we got planned for next week so it should be should be interesting and different I'm, I'm yeah. looking forward to it. But yeah, if you've got any ideas or if there's anything specific that you uh, might want to hear about, it can be absolutely anything. We'll deep dive into that. So just let us know, comment down below. And let's get into the big, the big bundle of this podcast. Corey, let's go. Okay, let's rock and roll. So, I, you know, what started as get a free donut if you get vaccinated turned into the biggest PR campaign we've ever seen for vaccines from bribing to incentivizing to threatening, you know, and it's across some universities, uh, big corp, you know, some major businesses and companies, some in the entertainment industry, of course, as well, but even some small to medium sized businesses. And so I wanted to see, you know, I wanted people who were getting direct emails from their employers to screenshot and send them to me so I could see what it looked like on the back end, what, you know, how it was being worded, because my concern was they're, you know, are they simply just emailing them and saying, look, um, we'll give you a hundred dollars cash or, or you could win tickets to an NBA game or, you know, where they're not including the 
materials that the FDA requires that every person receiving a vaccine get prior to so they can make educated decisions. So, uh, and that that is the case in some of these with the people who sent me the information. So, um, so we'll go we'll go down to examples eventually, but I wanted to clear up the confusion because there's so much misinformation out there. And uh, yeah, okay, so the federal government, <clears throat> there's never been legislation passed and it has never been ruled on in a court as far as federal government mandating vaccines across the board. This is on a state-by-state -state basis. So the states are the ones who make those determinations, who pass legislation on vaccines and whatnot. And right now there are, uh, there's a list. If you go to that next tab speaker, or actually it's in front of it, the one right before it, the 50 states. Okay. So right now what's happening is there's legislation um, taking place in multiple states. Um, and, and, and what I want everyone to do is pay very close attention. So you can look up your state and as you scroll down, you'll see they're all under there. And so some is, there's many actually, I was actually surprised by how many are in the process of, of <clears throat> trying to get legislation through to prohibit employers. So for example, uh, just the top one, let's see, Alabama uh, would prohibit employers from taking adverse action against employees or prospective employees based on immunization status. Okay, we go down to Alaska, uh, would among other things, prevent healthcare providers from administering COVID-19 vaccines to any individual who has not given informed consent. It would also permit individuals to object on religious medical grounds. Uh, let's see if they're saying, mm, they didn't mention employers in that one. Um, we have, so we have several, let's see, Arkansas would prohibit employers from requiring or mandating an employee to receive an immunization or COVID-19 vaccine as a condition of employment. Now, I'm scanning through it. I'm trying to think of which one. Let's see, I was reading through several different states. Of course, California has no legislation <laughs> pending to do with this. That's no shocker. Um, they're all very different. Florida has an interesting one. They have two... Uh, two different ones and you could probably click on them and figure out which is Dem and which is Republican. So they have one where they want to require childcare facilities to demonstrate a minimum percentage of children enrolled who have received immunization in order to obtain licensure through the Department of Children and Families. Interesting. Then on the next one that they have rolling is would remove the authority of the state health officer to order vaccination upon declaration of a public health emergency. Um, so in, let's see, I think it was, okay. So in Illinois would create the Workplace Vaccination Program Limitation Act, which would prohibit employers from creating, implementing or enforcing a workplace vaccination program that requires any employee to demonstrate that they have received a COVID-19 vaccine. Um, I was actually surprised to see that one in Illinois. Gosh, where is it? So what I wanted people to pay attention to is, <clears throat> first off, we have varying bills here, but a lot of them are targeted about the whole employers trying to force this or 
any, you know, any kind of entertainment industries and stuff. But in some of them, they actually specify emergency use. So let's see, Indiana would prohibit employers from requiring as a condition of employment that employees or prospective employees receive immunization that has been approved for emergency use and that lack approval from the FDA. Okay, so this is the wording you got to pay attention to because there's already articles coming out that Moderna and Pfizer are, are like on the brink of, you know, putting in to get filing for the FDA to give actual approval where it's no longer emergency use authorization. Right. So we don't want it to be limited to that language. You know, it needs to incorporate it all, but everyone needs to go in and check out your state and see where you're at and stay on top of this and call your legislators because what's happening right now is completely illegal. And the reason why I say it's illegal and I'll get down to that later is this is breaking like all FTC guidelines for starters. Um, The CDC has literally become drug pushers in this. So, So let me go back, if we go back to my report if you click that next tab speaker um, and the bullets towards the top there. So, so here's the deal. The FDA cannot obviously mandate the federal government cannot, this is on a state basis. However, what makes this unique is it's an emergency use authorization where there is no legislation in place when it comes to that other than we have um, people with the CDC, such as Dr. Amanda Kahn. Uh, <clears throat> she's the executive secretary of the CDC's Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices. And she's been with the CDC for 16 years. And she's made it clear that under an EUA, vaccines are not allowed to be mandatory. She said, therefore, early in the vaccination phase, individuals will have to be consented and cannot be mandated to be vaccinated. So the EUA was created, excuse me, after September 11th, and there's never been legislation on it. There's never been, you know, action to, to allow for an EUA to be mandatory. And when you look at the language that the FDA is requiring being used, you would think no one in their right mind would make it mandatory or they could be facing some lawsuits. So, so what we have is um, the CDC is pushing this huge playbook. And of course, I have links to all this in here. So it, it, I mean, this, the way this thing reads is unbelievable, you guys. They're pushing like, Vaccine champions. Oh my God. (laughs) The language they're using throughout this is the most insane campaigning I have ever seen. And then they'll have one section about two thirds of the way down with some bullet points. And in it, it'll say, make sure you keep them up to date on how safe these are and how this and all these wonderful things. And then they'll slip in and the side effects like really small. But what the CDC is not doing is they're, they're, they're calling it a safe and effective vaccine. And the FDA has reiterated numerous times on how this phrasing needs to be referred to in all promotional material, which means 
anything the CDC puts out or anything companies put out. And not just in direct emails to their employees, but on their websites, you know, you can go in and find some stuff on websites where employers are encouraging their employees to get vaccinated. So, so it's funny because the CDC states, they work in this little mini disclaimer that says the food and drug administration does not mandate vaccination. However, whether a state local government or employer, for example, may require or mandate COVID-19 vaccination is a matter of state or other applicable law. Okay. There is no other applicable law. It's the states. So, so this is how they're trying to skirt around this and making it seem like, well, we're just giving you this huge giant playbook and we're telling you to put stickers and posters and put it in your break room and send out emails and give incentives and, and va- be a vaccine champion and tell your leaders to share their stories. And I mean, oh my God, the bribery is off the charts. <laughs> to be a but, vaccine champion. I love yeah, the wording. Yeah. Love <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, the sticker. <laughs> but, but just FYI, there could be some laws in place. So, you know, you might want to pay attention to that. So and essentially I'm, the CDC is not following their, the FDA's guidelines. Mm-mm. Nope, not at all. So then... The FDA requires that all recipients of vaccines be given the fact sheets from the manufacturers of the vaccines and then on promotional material, it be referred to as an investigational vaccine that has not been approved or licensed by the FDA and is for emergency use authorization. So the CDC is not requiring that or pushing that. The only thing they're telling employers is to make sure that your employees stay up to date on any current information on the vaccines and any side effects. And they do include um, somewhere in there, I was actually surprised to see this. Now, who knows what's going on on the back end, what they're telling hospitals, but um, on both the FDA and the CDC, they do state that is required by all those administering the vaccines that there are adverse events that they need to report it to the VAERS system. We know in the past that that's always been, um, you know, like less than 1% were reporting them. So I don't know if they've actually sent their, you know, they're saying on their sites that it's required, but have do all the health departments and hospitals, have they been made aware that that's required? I don't know. So, so we've got, uh, the other thing is, is the FDA can only get an EUA under standard protocols that have to be, you know, met. Well, it, it wasn't met. So HHS, Alex Azar stepped up and created this declaration to make it happen and they put it through. And so it can only be done if there are no adequate approved or available alternatives of treatment which we knew the hydroxychloroquine was, but they, that's why they were putting the kibosh on that because they wanted to get these through. Yep. But then, and this is where I'm confused. So then in October last year, that the first FDA approved treatment was the remdesivir, which was two months before the vaccines being released. So how do the vaccines still hold the EUA? I mean, I don't, I don't know enough about that. I didn't dig into that at length to understand how that's still possible. Cause to me, that's an adequate approved or available alternative. 
Because nobody's paying attention to these little things. <laughs> and, you know, they're like, yeah. eh, don't worry about it. We're just going to push the vaccines and keep them at, under the, uh, the emergency um, act. Mm-hmm. So, so that, uh, and nobody's going to pay attention. Nobody notices. Right. And what they try to create, this is a good example. So they try to create, and, and I was trying to show like, the FDA, the CDC, the EEOC, um, all the ones that are informing and, and pushing this information out to employers. You know, I was trying to show who actually has law on their side and who doesn't and who's saying what and, and where this breakdown's happening that's intentionally creating mass confusion so people just automatically feel like they have to go get this in order to keep their job. And it was really pissing me off. And, and you know, I'm self-employed. This doesn't even really affect me, but it's really pissing me off. So, so here's an example. I saw this going around in a lot of articles and yet no one was pointing this one small word out from it. They took it like point blank and I'm looking at it going, no, no, there's another gray, gray area they left open. So with the EUAs, there's all these different terms, right? And in there, in the um, their law on this, it says the individual has the option to accept or refuse administration of the product of the consequences, if any, refusing administration of the product and of the alternatives to the product that are available and of their benefits and risk. Okay, so... Here's the problem I have with this statement. It's not just a blanket statement. Everyone can refuse it. Therefore, you can't mandate it because they squeak in of the consequences, if any. Mm-hmm. So are we referring to consequences of being sick or are we referring to you might lose your job? Right. They leave it wide open. They and purposely nowhere, left it vague. They did. And nowhere does it go in more detail or expand on that. So you're left with all the consequences. I mean, and this is the crap these people do. It's just like, it's just like taxes, title codes. Okay. So then we've got, and this, this is another one. We've got equal employment opportunity commission. So on December 16th, 2020, they finally come out and (laughs) they're so sneaky, these people. So they, what they did is and this too this goes out in articles everywhere just the eoc is saying you can employers can mandate it and that's how that's the takeaway they got from this well i can see how they got that because what they're doing is in their long document they are um actually they're i don't have it at the top bullets here i have it further down but essentially what they're doing is they're, they're saying that the, they're going over all the specifics of if it were mandated, and this is what you do if there's a medical disability, and this is what you do if it's this. So they're giving them the guidelines and they're opening the door for it. And kind of like, if the employers decide to mandate it as though it's fully acceptable. So, so that's how this got flooded everywhere. It was between 
the EEOC and the CDC, all the employers think they have the rights to do this. Okay, well, maybe they do, maybe they don't, because legislation hasn't technically been passed yet, but none of them are doing it um, in a smart way and in a legal way when the FDI, or FDI, FDI, when the FDA is requiring what must go on all promotional materials and how these vaccines have to be referred to. And they're not doing it like that. They're literally saying like safe. My cat's saying hi to everyone. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so, so what we get down to is um, if I scroll past all the, all the BS here and get down to the, um, Oh, here, wait, stop right there. Scroll back up just a hair so we can see the common side effects that the CDC claim. Okay. I mean, this is, it's such a joke. I have links to all of this. If you go into their playbook, they even created a tool book for employers. And so they, they minimize everything that, that could be dangerous or bad, right? Injuries, deaths, they minimize it all. And, and this is what they list and they don't mention um, well, I take it back. They do have like one little disclaimer at the bottom that says, if you have an allergic reaction, you know, click here and they give you some information on it, <clears throat> but it's downplayed. Everything's downplayed. And when you look at the number of deaths and hospitalizations and allergic reactions and, and we'll just, uh, let's see on the 13th, the FDA put a pause to Johnson and Johnson over six cases, which, is kind of kind of humorous in a way because we know that Pfizer and Moderna have already seen way more cases. Mm-hmm. We know AstraZeneca has been halted in numerous countries. Yeah. So they just uh, they just downplay this all. And so if you go now, if you scroll down a little bit, where I have is the FTC going to do their job? So I've and and this is where people need to get their employers and and need to get lawyers while they're staying on top of legislation in their in their actual state um the way these employers are pushing this and not necessarily giving them or directing them to the um, fact sheets by the manufacturers um to the various system if something happens and they need to report it um how they're referring to the fact that these are unapproved and unlicensed by the FDA and they are investigational vaccines. Um, they, they, they could be in huge trouble for that. Okay. That, in my opinion, that is a very easy lawsuit. Now right. the FTC, cause I've studied a lot of their cases cause I had to battle them years back. So I know their game. These people are, <laughs> They have all the authority in the world to um, shake up your business and do as they please with no oversight. So they've already sent out warning letters to like 50 companies pertaining to the um, promoting COVID saying that they have someone saying they have some sort of treatment or this or that, you know, and, and the language is not right. You can't say that it's going to cure this, or you can't say this or that they do this all the time. And, you know, as they should, in some cases, we definitely would, you know, so they're trying to, 
trying to control the information that goes out to consumers and protect consumers, uh, consumers. But one of their main focuses is in the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Rainbow, come here. One of the main focuses is in the um, is in he- with health, you know, medical products. Right. Yeah. And so they have this whole truth in advertising. They have all their guidelines. I give Sam examples in here of deceptive advertising. Right now, what we're seeing is deceptive advertising that is not allowing people to make educated decisions. We have coercion. We have bribery. We even have kickback schemes because you've got Bill Gates and Big Pharma funneling millions to the CDC who is pushing their products. It is like the biggest kickback scheme right before our eyes in the wide open ever in history. And of course, nothing is done about it because these agencies are all corrupt. Yeah. So it seems like the FDA is the one that's saying, hold on a second. You really need to make sure that you're very clear about people understanding what they're taking and Mm -hmm. if you're going to promote it. And the CDC and the EEOC are the ones that are pushing uh, and saying, yeah, it's great, you know, mandate it or, you know, and, and here's all the promotional tools and here's how you do it and go for it. That kind of a thing, right? Yeah. And let's make sure the EEOC makes sure you don't get in trouble when it comes to the medical. So what they say is, well, if there's a medical and a religious exemption, that's good. Uh, you, you know, you have to follow that and be very careful. However, if there is a direct, they have a direct threat clause. So, so if you uh, deem that your workplace by someone not being vaccinated could potentially harm other people or in the workplace or, you know, people that you're servicing patrons um, and, and then it doesn't mean you can automatically terminate them, but you have to at least find, um, you know, see if you're able to do maybe remote work or figure something else. Other out. alternatives. But, yeah. the, but that you can ultimately fire them and it would not be considered discrimination. So, Thanks. so they're giving them, uh, they're trying to give them some, some legal backing here, but, it, but it's, totally conflicts with the fact that from a legal standpoint, in my opinion, none of them I've seen handling this well. Um, they're downplaying they're, all they're, of the, the they're issues. Not, they're not disclosing. Look, you've got, um, they've got, we've, we're talking billions in fines to big pharma for misleading, for withholding information that should have been on there, withholding warnings. Um, oh my God, should I go lock them in a room? Rampage. Mad about all this. So you should keep some like you know um, <laughs> treats and some catnip around. Yeah, catnip around. Chill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man. So anyway, um, I just well, totally lost my train of thought on that last part. Well, you know how like when you, you see a drug commercial and uh, yeah. th- these drugs that, you know, they, they're people like walking in the park and they're all happy and because they're taking this, this new drug or whatever. But at the end, 
they yeah. rush through about like a thousand different potential things that could happen to you, including death mm. and things oh, like yeah. that. Oh, um, yeah. So they, they hire like the auctioneer voiceover dudes that can talk like a million words a minute. Yes, yeah. but they know they have to get that in there because of FTC requirements, because they know that they'll be, you know, it would be deceptive advertising if they That's did right. not disclose that. And so what we're seeing here is that in a lot of instances, stuff is not being disclosed or being down, majorly downplayed. Right. And they're not being provided the fact sheets and the information. The other thing is one of the things that the EEOC did say is for all of those that are incentivizing, they better tread lightly because that would be discrimination. So you can't say that everyone who gets vaccinated is going to get, you know, a hundred dollars cash or a $50 gift card or some t-shirt or bumper sticker. So you can promote this even more. Um, for those who say they can't due to a medical or religious belief cannot be discriminated against from also receiving that incentive. So that's another important thing that people need to bring to the attention. Um, not so much because they're like, Hey, I want that hundred dollars, but because they need to start pointing out to their employers that, uh, they yeah. are all breaking all kinds of laws right now let's just say let's just say i file a religious exemption to a code vaccine because of a company that's requiring me to get a vaccine in order to come back to the office and um they're offering incentives to only people who have been vaccinated and i've been discriminated against because mm -hmm. i did not get vaccinated against uh, did not get vaccinated. So is that a, uh, is that religious um, discrimination? Then yeah. I mean, do I have a, a religious discrimination suit? So yeah. I well, would imagine. Yes, absolutely. That's according to the EEOC. That's what they're saying that you cannot just incentivize those who get vaccinated and leave the others out. That would be discrimination. Right. So so yeah so. So yeah, if you want to look at some of these, these are just some examples um, I gathered from wonderful people who um, took the time to, to send me the information. I really appreciate everyone for doing that. And um, there are some people that told me that all they got was a simple incentive and were not given any other information. There was no other attachments. There was nothing about make sure you review all this before making your decision. It was simply get a hundred bucks if you get vaccinated. So dangerous territory, these employers are treading. And whereas people say, cause I got a lot of comments um, when I shared this on Gab of people saying, who cares? There's no law anymore. And it doesn't matter because, well, I agree. A lot of stuff's gone lawless, but we're not talking about necessarily going up against an agency, even though I think some people need to go up against the CDC. We're talking about, um, and the FTC needs to get on the ball with this because this is, this is just off the hook. We're talking about actual companies that could have lawsuits against them. That's yeah, very civil different. Suits. Civil yeah. suits are very different. You have, a, you have uh, I would imagine a lot of times a jury of, of peers who would, in, mm -hmm. instead of just leaving it all up to a judge to decide, Mm -hmm. um, and the burden of proof is much lower um, than if it was like a criminal case or something. So civil suits are different. And I think that companies That's do have right. a lot of liability here if they're pushing things and they're not disclosing. 
Um, they're not giving people informed, uh, the ability to have informed consent. So right. yeah, that's dangerous. Uh, yeah, waters. It's, it's a very dangerous line. I mean, look, look at some of these airlines at the moment and everyone's got a phone these days, right? So everyone's taken video of something. Um, and how many times have we seen, you know, airlines trying to force infants, you know, six, seven months old uh, to wear masks, otherwise they're going to get kicked off like a plane. Now, if you really wanted to fight that and bend that, you could kind of consider that attempted murder. Hmm. On the mask? On a mask on a baby. Right. Right. Yeah, so there's, I mean, there's, that's... A, there's a lot of fine lines that a lot of people can start finding if, you know, they're putting that situation because right. putting a covering like that over a six month old is, is, is a very dangerous situation. And then forcing them to do that and then not being able to do that and you're getting kicked off the flight. That's, mm -hmm. You know, it's very dangerous territory for a lot of these companies. I don't think they realize it. That I know, and this is pretty, this is very clear cut. I'm telling you, when you go through the FDA's wording and what they are requiring, and they use the word requiring, and then you go through, uh, you know, the FTC guidelines and you look at what the EEOC is saying, they're breaking that chain all the way down. They're essentially. I love writing. this one. <laughs> I know. What PR genius came up with that? I mean, you see, Jane Doe's are typically cadavers. Okay, so let's throw that on a COVID vaccine card and say, well, do you <laughs> sugary donuts? <laughs> May yeah, as well have a donut and, while you... And it's one donut. It's not a lifetime or a year's worth. I, I, I saw that going around. <laughs> being, being an artist, like, like just like knowing about advertisement, I can see the person designing this going, ha, ha, I'm going to spell it dough, like the bread, you uh -huh. know, because that's clever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can see them like working this out in their head. It's ridiculous. Yep. Yep. Not very smart, though. Not very smart. And... We've got the the cruise lines. Um, I think that one was further up, but we've got, you know, oh, you just flew by. Yeah, they're all saying that all staff and passengers have to be vaccinated. Um, you've got, uh, let's see, here. If you go up to the top of the examples, we'll just scroll real fast through them. There's not there's not that many. Um, it starts with the bishop. So, so, so he's demanding that all choirs can be permitted only when all members have been vaccinated and preferably wearing masks. Yeah, mm -hmm. okay. we can scroll down. So, so publics again, deceptive advertising, encouraging it, and they're using the language. When you read the playbook by the CDC, they are all using the language they're telling them to use, which makes the CDC culpable, in my opinion. I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but. I've read enough lawsuits and, you know, <laughs> seen enough and studied enough to know this is, this is fairly clear cut against these companies. And so let's see, what's that one? Um, that one's in Alaska. And, and I, I liked this because these are all in different, uh, we have like a camp in Michigan. They're all from different states, you know, camp faculty and staff, um, were recently prioritized for vaccination in Michigan. So all our camp employees are required to be fully vaccinated, required 
are required okay. to be fully vaccinated. Oof, it's amazing what one or two words can do to you in a in an actual court of law. <laughs> we got Oakland University. Apparently, they were the first ones, but definitely not the last, that are requiring. Um, they're mandating vaccines. And I believe it's for those that are on campus. Um, I'd have to right living one. on campus. Yeah, and and a pediatrician is telling them to rush and get it. And then we've got the uh, this one was a doozy. The Wellstar teamed up with the NBA to give out 92 tickets to attend the NBA All Star Game back in March, but only for those who are vaccinated. There's discrimination. Um, Grubhub, this one's mind boggling. They're all independent contractors, but when I read the CDC playbook, they actually covered that too. If you have independent contractors, be sure to incentivize them as well. They even have it to where they are encouraging them to have on-site vac vaccination that if they can work within their, you know, I guess they work, gosh, I don't know, probably the health departments, the local health departments where they get that arranged and then they come in and they administer them there. Well, hello, HIPAA laws and privacy. So now what? You got someone down the hall in an office that's administering vaccines and people are lining up to go get them. And now everyone knows who's getting them and who's not. Right. Or with the shirts, you know, it, it removes, it strips all that privacy, which yes. is an EEOC is warning employers about. They better right. try lightly with all that too, because- it could create a hostile work environment if you felt like you were being discriminated against because people knew that you didn't have the vaccine. And right. so there's oh, all it's, kinds. It's an entirely new form of segregation, which you're saying now. Oh, yeah. Those that have and those that haven't. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. And the T-shirts are just ridiculous. Um, all right. So then we got, you know them incentivizing the the grubhub drivers um but again only those who get vaccinated in the uh the airlines you know there's places that are giving paid time off work or you can reschedule your flights and so what about the people who aren't getting it what about their paid day off of work um of course grocery stores kroger's you know they're uh meyer jbs and then we have Nova Southeastern University, private university in Florida that is requiring all students, faculty, and staff to be vaccinated. They even have deadline dates on here of July 1st and August 1st. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so now I think there's, there. you'll see like here, and I think in the, uh, the, the cruise lines where they are providing some FAQs or links to additional information. So they're, they're kind of covering their bases there more, um, but they're still not referencing this as a unapproved, unlicensed by the FDA, an emergency use authorization, investigational vaccine. This is not a, you know, just a, just simply a, a safe vaccine and you're required right. to get it. Right. And the uh, FDA requires that in every form of advertising, you know? It says in all promotional material. Yep. It says it right on there, you know, and I archived all that stuff. So if anyone loses the links to it, um, just go into <clears throat> uh, archive.org. And I don't think we've seen an example yet where they refer to it like that. So they're all breaking the laws. I know. This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Uh, so, so Nielsen, yeah, they got more detailed into it. That's another thing too. 
How about, have you gone over with your employees about their healthcare? If they have health insurance through your company, have you found out for them what's going to happen if there's an injury afterwards? Because none of the pharma companies are held liable. Right. So what happens if there's an injury or a death? And now they've been told by their employer who's championing it, the vaccines and encouraging them to get it that now they have an injury and all of a sudden their health insurance isn't going to cover anything. What then? What about their life insurance policy? Yeah, that needs to be disclosed up yeah. front. Yeah. What about workman's comp? Hmm? Right. That so how, how much is that, you know, was, was it worth that hundred dollar gift card or whatever? Right. If you've got $50,000 or whatever on the back end of medical um, bills that you have to now pay because of some kind of complications that you've had that you were not informed about. Right, right. So what I did is if you scroll down a little further, I have a here's what you can do section. And of course, review the legislation in your area and stay on top of that. And if they refer to it as an EUA, call those legislators and tell them to remove that language and have it just be COVID vaccines. Um, I have a great document in here from Catherine Austin Fitz, which is the Family Financial Disclosure Form, which is, it's awesome. It has so much information in it and she breaks it down from a, you know, a potential financial burden that you could be facing. Um, and she's got a lot of great links in there too. You know, if, if there were an injury from this, um, the other thing is, and I should have included this in here, but anyone can file a complaint with the FTC. So if you have received something from your employer where they are leaving out a whole bunch of key information that they should be informing you about between the health insurance and the fact sheets on the, manu the vaccines themselves that the FDA requires, on and on, you, fill, you go into the FTC online and you can submit, you know, a bunch of people should su be submitting complaints on this right now because that will actually bolster the lawsuits when they come about. And then the other thing I have on here is to create a printable flyer in PDF format. And I bullet pointed the key points that you should include in there to provide to your coworkers to go present to. See, I know a lot of people, won't. I, I would have no problem doing this. I've done far worse. If I had a boss, I would have no problem walking up to him with this bullet point list and saying, you might want to consider all this and have a talk with all your employees and kind of rephrase everything here because you could be facing all kinds of lawsuits right now and point yeah. it out to them because you know what? Some of these business owners, like the smaller to medium-sized businesses may think they're doing the right thing and don't understand the repercussions or understand. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Because they've intentionally made this so confusing. Right. And I think that there are some, especially like the, the smaller uh, businesses that are doing these kind of promotional things. Um, they're, they're running businesses. You know, if you're a business owner, you're, you know, an expert at one particular thing. You're not an expert on what the CDC is saying and the uh, FDA is saying and all of these other, you know, conflicting messages are, you know, so I'm sure that some, some of these employers um, are as uninformed um, as people themselves. And so 
yeah yeah and then I, for the larger corporations they have whole, whole legal teams that should be on top of this and they're right. still doing it so yeah. i hold them you know accountable oh, but yeah. um but these smaller companies that maybe don't have a legal team just to go through this and go hey you, you're really putting yourself out there you know mm-hmm. as far as liability goes maybe you shouldn't you should pull back a bit type of thing um, but yeah, they need to be informed of uh, what their liability is on pushing these things because yeah, I think that there could be a lot of lawsuits and even um, class action lawsuits. And uh, I know that you got a lot of comments last week from people who were saying, "Yep, yep, my company has been pushing it. I can yeah. want to contact you." So I know that there's a lot of people listening who um, have a personal experience with this, with their company pushing the vaccine, whether it's for incentives or whether it's mandates or whether it's discrimination based on, you know, if you haven't gotten it, that type of thing. So and and even every one of them. And with, if, yeah. Parents need to be fighting this like hell. We're talking in emergencies. You know, it hasn't even been licensed yet. Right. And, and every single one of them went to the FTC and filed a complaint because we know just from looking at this documentation here that has been submitted by a lot of your uh, listeners, it, that practically all of them, they were not um, disclosing correct wording as far as how this is an experimental vaccine, not approved by the FDA and under emergency use authorization. And right. so there's all, every single one of those cases, you could file an FTC complaint. And if we got everybody to file one, yep. that, we, we've got to make noise. We've got to make noise. Yeah. I'm telling you what. Yeah. So everyone really needs to go on and see what's going on with the legislation. Cause there were, I noticed there were some States that were also trying to put through a no liability law for businesses. And whereas I think that's smart on one hand to the extent when it comes to say the masks, because if a company doesn't want to have to demand, like I'm looking at it on the reverse, you know, (laughs) if a company says no one has to wear masks into my place and establishment, well, then they can't be held liable, you know? Um, but on the flip side to that, that opens the door for all this other business going on, trying to say a company can't be held liable. So we definitely don't, you know, that, that all needs to be looked at and reviewed and scrutinized. Um, but right now I am just seeing case after case after case. I mean, this is like, sorry, but this is like an FTC's wet dream in any normal case, they would be all over this, but they're all not. over this, but they're not. Why not? Hmm. 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 I can't <laughs> imagine. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. So lawyers, lawyers got to get on this and people need to be fearless and brave. And I mean, there are some people I've talked to and some people that were also trying to get some screenshots over to me from people they knew. And, and what's really interesting about it all is there've been many people that are, were too afraid to even show it uh, the screenshot, even though there's no personal information on there and the company could have, you know, 15,000, 30,000 employees they would, they would never know that it came from them. And, and so we cannot let fear guide us or we are, we are doomed because this whole psychological warfare attack stems from fear. That is their key target. So, so intimidation, um, it, it just, 
it has no space here. It has no room here, or we're, we're not going to make any headway if people hold back from, you know, publicizing this stuff and making other people aware of this. Right. People just need to be aware of, uh, you know, their rights and know that, look, you don't feel pressured. Even if you're at a company that's pushing this, you have rights. Um, you can file a religious exemption, right? And you could say, look, I have, this is against my religious beliefs or, um, and the other one is medical, medical issues or something, right, Corey? With, yeah, yeah, the medical. Yeah, so um, I would be doing that for sure. And then filing with the FTC and saying, look, this is, they're not, this is false advertising. They're pushing this, they're incentivizing this. They're not disclosing a lot of information. And, you know, there's lots of ways to protect yourself and just stand your ground. Yeah. I think we should make, um, shirts for, you know, they're making all these t-shirts saying I stuck it to COVID. I think we should make one that says, you know, I stuck it to the CDC or I stuck it to the man or I stuck it to something else. (laughs) So people can go advertise that. I would have no shame. I would not be embarrassed to walk around in that in a workplace at all. People (laughs) just need to get over it because they're intentionally creating, like speaker said, they are intentionally creating segregation. They're trying to create that uncomfortable workspace. Yep. And people need to just get over that, not care what other people think and just, yeah, do you. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Do you. Uh-huh. So what, what do you guys work on next? Smash well, actually, I know Edge is busy, so. Yeah, so uh, we haven't even talked about that yet, to be honest with you. So. Yeah, we need a we need to regroup a little bit because of our situation with YouTube. So, and I have some a bunch of personal stuff going on, but like in the next week or two, we'll be kind of regrouping and coming up with a strategy for the future of Hive Mind and going forward and growing and all of that. So, yeah, we're not going anywhere. We've, yeah. we've got plans forming. So. Oh, and wasn't, uh, didn't California just jump on board speaker with the whole testing thing? This one. Yes. Uh, the digital vaccine (laughs) passport in California, uh, I think it's in Orange County. They plan to launch a pilot program for the uh, digital CCP virus vaccine and testing passports. Yes. I think that's in April. Let's see. Rolled out sometime in April. Yes. Yeah, we knew they'd follow in, in right after New York. We knew that yep. was coming. Yeah, obviously. <sighs> Lordy. All right, well, working on, more, uh, working on more solutions. I'm working on another big article I got coming out. And then my mammoth project that I'm going to probably have to roll out in segments. And that's about it. Nice. Uh-huh. All right. Keeping busy, guys. Keeping busy. Got a lot of stuff coming down the pike here that we have to fight together. So we'll stay on top of it and keep you guys as informed as we possibly can. And Corey, you just carried the show today. So thank you. (laughs) I don't feel so bad winging it because you just basically carried. (laughs) I will try to edit this.
<laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us today on Dig It with the speaker, myself, the Sharp Edge, and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. Please be sure to share this podcast. We're on iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Foxhole, Gab TV, BitChute, and Pill.net. We'll see you back next time right here on Dig It. Thank you.